Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. I'm going to I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit how he is actually God. I don't think we actually realize that the Holy Spirit is God. I don't think we realize it. You know the spirit of God I said this last week was present he's he's mentioned in in the in the new in the old testament in the first book in the first chapter in the first verse it says the spirit hovered over the over the expanse over the over the waters that is the same spirit that is with us you know when we're singing this morning and we're worshiping and you can feel that presence of God that is the holy spirit coming and just filling this place and manifesting his presence amongst us you know that happens every weekend it happens every time you you pray he's with you and it's not just some sort of like a part of god it's not it's not an angel it's not like some that this little kind of like sort of element of god it is god and i've been thinking about this this week as i've been as i've been preparing the sermon and thinking about the fact that god is with me do you believe that god is with you like do we really believe it? I don't know if we always do. When trouble hits, when circumstances are difficult, when things don't go the way that we want them to go, I don't I don't know that we actually know that God is with us. I I'm I'm guilty of this. I'm guilty of this. I walk into things where I just I'm thinking about all of my own insecurities and all of my own stuff and all of my own failings, but I forget that God is with me. The God who at his word created the universe. And he's the Father. And he's the Son. And he's the Holy Spirit all in one. He's God. And the Holy Spirit is the presence of God for this day and age that we're in. And it's not an image. It's not a picture. It's not a picture of Jesus. It's not a cross that marks the presence of God the holy spirit and it's something to be experienced and something to be known on the inside the holy spirit changes everything i want to read to you uh, from ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 and you also were included in christ when you heard the message of truth the gospel of your salvation when you believed you were marked everybody say marked. marked you were marked in him with a seal the promised you all can read which is good verse 14 who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory Did you know you've been marked by a seal? You've been marked when you invite Jesus into your life and and it's important just to note before I move on to the first part of this verse where in verse 13 and it says and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth the gospel of your salvation and when you believed The first step to coming in to the knowledge of God and who he is and 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 to understanding him and understanding that that this whole walk that we do with God is not some sort of religious act but it's actually a relationship is believing in the gospel what is the gospel well the gospel is the good news 
The good news is this, is we are insufficient to bridge the gap between us and God. Many people will want to sell you and tell you lots of things about how to get to God. But let me tell you something. We cannot. No matter how you try, there will always be something left out. Have you ever made a mistake in your, in your trying to reach God? There will be one thing that you leave out. It could be one thing, and that is enough to set it all, that the dominoes all fall before God because He is perfect. He can't take an imperfect person. He can't take an imperfect sacrifice. So, so it means that this body was destined for something. Separate from God, it's called death. So God sent His Son in love, Jesus, and He died on a cross. His physical body died on a cross as the sacrifice for our sins. So it's no longer about you trying and trying to be a good person, trying to do this right, trying to do that right, and trying to do all of the things and be Mr. Right or be Mrs. Mrs. Perfect. It's not about that. It's about having a relationship with the one who gave everything for you. That's the gospel. And when we walk with him, we begin to believe that it's that simple. And we lay down trying to do all the right stuff all the time but, and just go into, into actually knowing him and by that we begin to do all of the right things. He begins to lead us in His ways. And we begin to change as a result. The, way, the reason we begin to change as a result is because of this deposit that comes as a result of our belief. And that is the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. When you believed, when Jesus revealed Himself to you as real, and he's knocking on your heart. Maybe this morning you're here and you're like, oh, there is something in this place. There is something going on. There is something happening and I don't know what it is, but I like it. When God begins to knock on your heart, that's Jesus. He's saying, let me in. And when you begin to believe, he marks you with a seal. The promised Holy Spirit. And it's not just like a it's sort of like a physical seal, like a big seal, like a you know stamp. It's actually a person wow. who wants to walk with you, who has wants to have a relationship with you, who wants to teach you, who wants to show you. It's the Holy Spirit. And it's God. It's God Himself with you. Do you believe that God Himself is with you? Hmm. And he's a deposit, and he guarantees our inheritance until the redemption of those who are his possession. I want to ask you a question. Would you allow me to ask you a question this morning? You okay with a question? What's your mark? What's your mark? What are you marked by? Is it your current circumstances? Is it your financial statements? Is it your job? Is it your relational status? Relationship status? Married, not married, single, ready to mingle? Not sure what you're meant to do with your life? What marks your status? What marks you? Is it your past? Is it your mistakes? Maybe you feel like you've been marked with some bad karma. Where every time something bad happens, you wonder whether or not there was something in your past or someone's told you about a past life where it's affecting your today. Maybe you think that's your mark. 
It's important to ask this question. I'll tell you why. Because this, this is, this is, this is what I want you to hear. You're listening? Yeah. What you are marked by will, be, will determine your future. And I've got a slide for that. I want, you to, I want you to see it. What you are marked by will determine your future. What you are marked by will determine your future. What is your mark? What is it that when you, when you examine your heart and what's in there, the one thing that you keep going back to, the one thing that makes you feel insecure, the one thing that, that you feel everybody points at even though nobody can see it? You, you know what I'm talking about, right? You've got to know what you're marked by. You've got to know what marks you. Because there is a mark for us that's been given, and if we don't know it's the Holy Spirit, we're going to be marked by something else. And I tell you, if we don't know that the Holy Spirit is there, it is going to, it is going to determine where we head. It's going to determine our future. I had a, um, you may not know this about you, and a lot of you do, but you, 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 may, you may be surprised by this, but I had an Indian uh, grandfather. An Indian grandfather, okay? He was Anglo-Indian. He, uh, he grew up in a, in a hill station up in the north and uh, <coughs> actually worked for a little while as a policeman in Mumbai. Can you believe it? Done a full circle. I came back. <laughs> and, uh, <coughs> but one thing about my granddad, that he, amongst all of the amazing things that he was, and he was a solid and very wise man, but when it, be, when it came to education and performance, in education. Uh, he was really strict. And uh, who knows what I'm talking about? Okay, he was really strict. And if there was any failure, it was time to get down on Ryan. Right? So if I had bad report cards, he would get stuck into me like crazy. I didn't understand it. Who knows what I'm talking about? Okay, Indian parents. I, I, I also know what it's like. Okay, I have experienced it. First hand, you wouldn't have thought this about me, but I know what it's like. See, I was a little creative boy, and, um, uh, and I, I still am, uh, and, and I just didn't quite click with the whole school thing, okay? I, I had a different way of seeing the world. I had a very vivid imagination, and I still do, and I, I spent a lot of time in school pretending I was Astro Boy as I looked out the window, <laughs> because that was just way more interesting than ABCD and 2 plus 2 and all of those sorts of things. It just engaged my brain. So they, they, you know, wrote learning, all of that sort of stuff. They didn't have any sort of learning back then on how to, how to engage a little mind like mine. And uh, I just, it just it was very boring for me, so I just didn't try. And so it showed itself on my record, report cards. But every time my granddad saw my report cards, he'd go, there you are. You're not going to amount to much. He never really said those words, but it was the sneer, snide remarks that stayed with me. And I'll tell you something, they marked me. They marked me. And my mum and dad, as, as much as they tried to put me in the best school and all of that sort of stuff, they also felt that, that, that you know, I should try harder. And, and, and they tried their best to help me through that, but, but it was too late because I got marked by something that said I was dumb. I was stupid. I wasn't good enough. And let me tell you something, when I finished school, with that mark on me, it determined my next 10, 15 years. Because I went through those years not thinking I was good enough to do what I needed to do in order to, to live in this world. It marked everything. 
What you are marked by will determine your future. But thank God there is a God in heaven who knows our hearts and wants to heal us and wants to redeem us and take us through to make us into the people that he is, uh, he, he ha- or the people that we are meant to be in him. Because I'm telling you something, I don't think there would be any chance if it wasn't for God that I would be standing here before you if it wasn't for what he did in my life because I was marked by a different future. I was marked by a different way of thinking that wasn't God. And, and it turned into being, uh, I was a young man who, you know, who was just so insecure and so looking for so many things. And I'd try anything, I'd do anything. And I, I, I was so afraid of what everybody thought of me. I couldn't, I couldn't talk in public sort of settings like this. I would get nervous at parties because I'm a bit of an introvert and all of that. Man, I was marked by this. What's your mark? What is, how, how do you see yourself? It's an important question because it will determine your future. When you meet Jesus, and when he gives you this deposit, this person, this presence, this anointing, and I got a second slide for this, when, when, when you meet Jesus, he marks you with a different mark. Or the Holy Spirit becomes your mark. You've got to know it. When you meet Jesus and begin to follow Him, the Holy Spirit becomes your mark. Because the truth is, Jesus on the cross, He took upon Himself all of our failures, all of our marks, all of our mistakes, all of the things that are marked against your scorecard, the scorecard that we all have of ourselves. He took it upon himself. And the scorecard, the, the law, what God had for us to follow, he took upon himself our failures to even follow that. Our failures, our sins, our mistakes, our consequences, he took it all upon himself and he said, I am now, as a replacement, going to give them my mark, my seal of perfection. What's your mark? What's your mark? Is it the Holy Spirit? Do you believe that? Do you believe it's that easy? What's your mark? (laughs) I'm telling you, some people are going to get some breakthrough this morning. Look at the person next to you and say, you, you're going to get a breakthrough this morning. <laughs> I'm telling you, you, you start to get this, you realize, when you realize that you have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Some sealed, delivered, I'm yours. Yeah. Here I am. Sounds still delivered. <laughs> I'm yours. I'm looking at my watch. I better stop doing that. <laughs> Too much coffee. <laughs> You've been marked. You've been sealed. 
I just, I just, I'm just, I just want to stay on this moment for a while. I want, to, I want it to sink in. I want, I want to ask you again, what are you marked by? It is signed. It is sealed. It is finished. On you and in you is the presence of God. You become a temple when you accept Christ. You become a temple. You become one that houses the very presence of God and that affects everything. And when God sees you, He sees that presence. He sees Himself on you. And it's a seal. You know, a seal, when, when, when Paul was talking about this, is, 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 a, is a, something that you, you would know this. Who's, who's got a stationary kind of, bit of a stationary fixation? Anyone? Okay, we've got a few people who like stationery. I like stationery, it's fun. Um, but you know, have you ever had a wax seal kit? They're fun, they're fun. I haven't either, but I'm sure, yep, Kate, yeah, Kate is, yeah. It's a little, it's a, what it is, it's a little uh, stamp and some wax that you melt. And if you write a pretty letter to someone, you know, you, you, you close it and you put the wax over the seal, over the envelope part, and you seal it with your stamp. And it might have a love heart or a butterfly or a signature or something like that. Well, the kings back in olden, olden, olden days in the kingdoms would have a seal that was theirs. Okay, and if you saw that seal on something, so like when back in the Old, Old Testament, when, when uh, you know, you may know the story, you may not, it's okay if you don't, but the, the story of uh, Daniel in the lion's den. There's a story where Daniel gets thrown into a lion's den. When they put a, when they closed that door on that den, they would have put a seal on that door and stamped it with wax and saying, do not open this door by the king's decree. It's like that. Hey, that was pretty cool, wasn't it? The seal meant that this was by the king's decree. This was by the king's authority. Or if a king would send a message from one place to another, it would have a seal on it. And everybody knew, like, okay, whoever opens that better have the right to open that. Otherwise, if they open it, they might get killed. Okay? Because it had this, this, the, the authority of the king on that. A normal piece of paper and a normal envelope would become something very, very different because of the seal that was on it. Okay? And that, that, that piece of paper, that message that would get sent from one place to another, well, that had, a, that had a present purpose. It had a purpose of being sent somewhere with a message. But it also had another purpose of when it gets opened. It was, you know, when you talk about a seal, a seal has two purposes. It has a purpose of sealing something while it's going along the journey. And it also has a purpose of letting someone know whose it is. See, with the Holy Spirit, given to you as a seal, you've got to heal this. He's been given to you for this journey of life that we're on right now. And when people look at you, they see a seal. When the devil looks at you, when the enemy looks at you, he sees a stamp on you and it says, that person cannot be touched. The enemy has not got the authority to touch you. He doesn't. <laughs> In this journey of life, and this journey that we're on, when, when the spiritual realm sees the Holy Spirit, they're like, oh, that's a king's messenger. I can't touch that one. I can't touch that one. And when that message arrives to its destination, 
its final destination to where it was being sent. And I don't know if you know where you've been sent yet, but I'm going to tell you, when you follow Jesus, you get sent somewhere. When that thing arrives for its destination, it's, it's looked at and, and the person goes, oh, it's got the king's seal on it. Okay, I know where this needs to go. And they take it into the courtroom of the king. And when we get to heaven, one day, and stand before God, there's going to be something that's going to be looked at. Where's the seal? Where's the seal that signs the deposit of this person's future? And that deposit is the Holy Spirit. It has a present purpose right now and a future purpose. You know, our whole walk with the Lord is this, is this dichotomy. It's a bit of a mystery. It's a bit hard to understand, but don't try too hard to understand it because you probably won't. But, but here's, here's the thing. We have a future that is right now in God. We also have a future that is, that, is, that is actually going to happen. But that going to happen future is because of what happened in the past. And what happened in the past was what Jesus did. The moment what Jesus did when he, when he died on the cross, it set into motion a whole sort of uh, wheels turning where your past, your own past, no longer determines your future. But the past of Jesus... And what he has done 2,000 years ago, it precedes your past. You might think you've got a past. Well, let me tell you something. Jesus has got a past. And in that past, he defeats the enemy. And he defeats death. And in that past, it affects your future. And what it says is, this past now cancels out this past. Jesus' past... And his resurrection and what he did for you cancels out your past. And then he marks you with a seal that is your future. Are you getting this? He marks you with a seal that is your future. We live in this present reality, in, in, this, in this kind of dichotomy between what God is calling us to and what we are right now. And what determines it all is, as we're sent on this journey of life, is the seal that's on us. And you've got to believe. You've got the seal of God on you. Who's felt the presence of the Holy Spirit? It's not just a tingly feeling, although I like that tingly feeling. <laughs> Who likes a tingly feeling? I love it. I love it. I'm all for it. But that is God saying something to you. He's letting you know that He is with you. That you have a future in Him and it's a good future. <sighs> The Holy Spirit is the king's mark. It's his seal. And when we get the seal of heaven on our lives, our entire life is different. Let's take this a step further. Go to 2 Corinthians verse 1. <coughs> 2 Corinthians verse 1. And verse 21 to 22, it says, Now, it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. What does it say? There it is again. Set his seal of ownership on us. It's the seal of the Holy Spirit. And put his spirit where? Did he put it on a picture? On a wall? Did he put it on a cross? 
Did he put it in some sort of image that we're supposed to look at and pray to? Where did he put it? Where's the presence of God? Why is that important? I'll let you work it out. That's important to know. He put it in our hearts as a deposit. A deposit. Guaranteeing what to come or what's to come. <laughs> Anybody feel sometimes that tension between what you know God could do and what He's done? You ever felt that tension? You ever felt that tension of like, I just know that there's so much more I could be living for. Well, you know, let me tell you something. It's okay to go to the grave with that thought. You might go, you might end your life. You might end your life at the end of your life and, uh, not end your life, but you might get to the end of your life. Sorry, that sounded wrong. I don't want anyone to end their lives. Um, You get to the end of your life. And still have that feeling like, I could have done so much more. I could have done this. I could have done that. It's all good. It's all good. Because you have been given a down payment. It's not about all the stuff we can do. It's all that He can do. You can relax in Him. Some of you are striving way too much to achieve and do and this and that. And it's all good to do something with your life. You're under the pressure. Some of you young guys, you know, you, you're like, I don't know what to do with my future. I don't know what it is. And you're panicking. Anyone panicking? Like, oh, I don't know what to do. I've got all this pressure. I've, I've, got to, I've got to perform. I've got to perform. You can let all of that go. You know, sons and daughters of God, they can rest. You know why? Because we have a seal on us. A down payment. A deposit that says it's about what he's done, not what we've done. (laughs) It's okay to feel that tension. When you feel that tension, don't be driven by it. That is not your mark. Because I'm telling you something, if you let that thing be your mark, it it will drive you to a place where you are constantly trying to outperform yourself. And nothing will ever be enough. But when you begin to realize... That God is your deposit. The Holy Spirit is your mark. You begin to enjoy that, what He has given you. <laughs> there could be really, really, really wealthy people who, 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 who just can't even enjoy that. They can't even enjoy it because it's always about the next thing. When the money's run, run into a place where it's not doing what it used to do, then it becomes about power. And then it's just all this power struggles all the time. And they're not happy people, I'm telling you. They're not happy people. You get happy. You get, you get, you get a feeling of, of, of completion when you begin to realize it's not about that. And if you're wealthy, if you're not wealthy, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. It's not about that. What it's about is this. The deposit. And knowing who this is that, that is in you, that has come into your world. And He guides you. He helps you. He loves you. We've been given a deposit. We've been given a guarantee. We've been given a down payment. You ever bought a piece of furniture? And you've had to wait for it to get made. You put, they put a, a sold sticker on it in the furniture store. 
or in a car, you ever buy a car, they go, you go into the car yard and they, it's not quite ready with all the registration and all that stuff, but they put a sold sticker on it so nobody else can buy it. That's what God has done for you. There's a mark on you that says, this is, this is, this is not for anybody else, this is, this is mine. This person, they're mine. They're for my use. They're set apart. You know what the word holy means? Set apart. You know what God requires of us to be holy, to be set apart? You know how we're set apart? By the blood of Christ and by the marking of the Holy Spirit. He marks us. Oh, what else is to come? What are the things that the future that he's, he's marked us for? What are, what are the guarantees? Why, what, what, what is to come? What is, what is to come? What is talking about here? I'll tell you what's to become. Uh, let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 28. I love this scripture. You might have seen this one before. Romans 8, 28, it says, And we know that in all things, everybody say all things. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him. Who have been called according to His purpose. You believe that? All things. Some of your all things, you're like, I, I don't know, God can't use that. I don't know if God can use this. Or you may have had some stuff in your life, you're like, I don't, I don't, you may not even understand why it happened. It might be some, you know suffering it might be some stuff that you that you still got questions about god works all things together for the good of his purpose see this is our future to come the rest of your life as you walk with jesus let me tell you something no matter what you go through no matter no matter what circumstances you've come from no matter what past you have no matter what 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 has been done in the past it doesn't matter it's all finished on the cross and he works all things together for the good of those who trust who know who love him anybody here been called you felt the lord called you to his purpose you just know he's pulling you in. He's saying, come, come, come. Well, he's going to start to work out things. And you might still go through some difficult times. You might go through some horrible times. But I'm telling you something. He works it all together. He's like a master sower. He's just like a craftsman, just this tapestry that he's creating of your life. And it's complete when we're standing in heaven and he says, come. Good and faithful servant. That's what's to come. And, and, and what else is to come is John chapter 14, verse 2 to 3. Let's go to that. I love this scripture too. John chapter 14, verse 2 to 3. This is Jesus speaking. He says, he says this. He says, My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Where's Jesus? He's at home preparing a place for you. He was a carpenter, remember? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. When he comes back, what is going to be the mark that you are His? In the meantime, He's given the Holy Spirit. 
In the gap, He's given this Holy Spirit who is with us as we do this life and walk together as a church. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is with you. So it brings us to this one question. How do we know we've got the mark of the Holy Spirit? How do you know you've got the Holy Spirit in your world? How do you know? And for that, you're going to have to come back next week. I'm just kidding. You were disappointed, weren't you? Well, you begin to know when Jesus has revealed himself to you, when he's knocking on your heart, and you begin to believe that he's there. And as you begin to believe, see, the thing about getting to know Jesus, getting to know God, when you begin to think about God just being there and being present, you begin to think about your own insufficiency. You begin to say things to yourself like, well, I don't know if he would accept me. I don't know if he'd take me because, well, I'm not all that. I'm a sinner. And we, we feel our own insufficiency before God. And, and that, that, so many times, it's a sad thing in, in an environment like this. People come in, and I, I preach, or Rachel preaches, or whoever preaches about God and Jesus, and that, that people get drawn into that, but then they have this tension of like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think he'll accept me. But that is the moment that Jesus actually wants to come. Because that's the moment you, when you begin to realize you're insufficient to reach God. But what He did on the cross was sufficient for your insufficiencies. And He reaches back to you. And it's the realization, it's called repentance. Where you turn from your ways and everything you're doing and trying to be a good person and trying to do this and trying to do that. Well, you turn from that and you turn to Him. And you say, I, I've tried, but I need you. The moment you do that, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit comes and is given as that deposit. And when you commit to follow Him, when you turn from your own ways and you go to His ways, and He doesn't just sort of lead you in that. He doesn't give you a list of all the things that you've got to do now that you're a Christian. No, 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 no. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. What He does is He gives you His Holy Spirit. Wow. Who, who, and, and, and the Bible in other parts said, I read this scripture last week, He, he writes the law on our hearts. And we begin to see the world with different eyes. And I'm telling you something, when you begin to see the world with different eyes, you begin to have different things happen because you make different decisions. Because you're not following your old ways anymore and you're not making those mistakes anymore. You're walking in the ways of the Lord. And oh man, when you start to wake, walk in the ways of the Lord, something completely amazing happens. The future is good in Him. I'm going to close with a scripture that I love. It's Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 17. It's a big one. But I think you're mature enough as Christians to hear this scripture. I think you're able I think you're ready. Okay. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, 
Rachel just laughed then because I don't know that she knew that everybody else would get what I'm talking about. Sometimes if you hear Rachel laughing, just laugh with her because she's like, she's helping you to know that it's a joke. Because <laughs> my Australian sense of humor is a little weird sometimes. <laughs> Agreed? Okay, yeah, fine. You don't have to. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 17. It says, Those who live according to their flesh have their mind set on what the flesh desires. And this is the point of truth. And this is a point where we have to realize that God is God and we are not. We talked last few weeks ago about the, the two trees in the garden where God had put the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the, in the garden and, he, and the tree of life was there also. And he said, don't eat from that tree, the knowledge of good and evil. Why did he put that tree? Well, part of it was because he is God and we are his subjects. And this is the, re this is the moment that we all have to choose, this choice that we have whether we have the goods or we know it all, if we've got everything, or whether He does. And He's given us everything for the moment we realize that we don't have it all. He's given us everything that we need. But those who live according to the flesh, well, they have their mind set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. How do you know you've got the Spirit? You will begin to desire what God wants. It'll, begin, it'll become your desire. And you'll know the difference. You'll know it when your flesh is pulling you in a certain direction. And when God's going, hold on a sec, don't go down that pathway. Anyone felt that before? Yes. You feel God saying, ah, 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 ah. No, don't, don't, yeah, no, don't. He's gone. Wait for him. Consequences. Okay. You ready to come back? Come, 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 come. Yeah. The Holy Spirit does that. He waits. Verse 6. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit, the deposit, the guarantee is what? Anybody want life? Anybody want peace? It's in the Spirit. The mind... Governed by the flesh is hostile to God. <laughs> you ever felt that? I don't want to do what God wants. I want to do what I want. <laughs> you ever felt that? Yeah. I'm only making jokes of it because I know. I, I have also experienced it once, you know, because I'm a very holy person. <laughs> I'm also having a problem with lying right now, and I... Hmm. Our flesh, it does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Ouch. Oh. Wow. Okay. I'll let you think about that for later. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You. Look at the person next to you and say, you. Just jab them. Say, you. Point at them and jab them. You. You, however... And not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit. If indeed the Spirit of God lives in you, 
And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ because why? They don't have that deposit. They don't have it on them. But if Christ is in you, oh, that's confusing. I thought it was Holy Spirit in me. Yes, it's Christ, Holy Spirit, Father. They're all in one. It's a trinity. It's confusing, I know. It's another sermon. Don't worry. Just go with me on this. Then even though your body is subject to death, this body, because of sin, the Spirit gives Anybody want life? Because of righteousness. He gives us that righteousness. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you... What? Hold on a second. Verse 11. Let me just read that again. And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is in you... What's your mark? What's marking you? Is it the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead? I don't know how I'm going to get through my situation. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Well, Jesus once was in a really bad situation on a cross and he died. But the spirit that was in him raised him from the dead. And if that same spirit is in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. You can get excited. Therefore, I love this, I'm just going to get excited. Brothers and sisters, you guys can come. We have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit, the deposit, the guarantee, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. Spirit of the Spirit you receive does not make you slaves. So that you live in fear again? Oh, I don't know if I'm right. I don't know if I can. No, it doesn't happen. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. Just stand. I feel like the Holy Spirit is here and He just wants to do something. This mark that marks us, that comes as Holy Spirit. It's the completion. It was the final throw of God to redeem His children. It's what marks you as His own, not as sort of aliens, foreign people that are brought into like a kingdom and you just sort of stay in the corner. No, 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 no. His children. The reason you have the Holy Spirit in you, the reason why He gives it is because you are His child. I don't know what your family life has been, whether it's good, bad, really bad, broken, terrible. I don't know what your daddy was like. I don't know what your mommy was like. I don't know if you had a dad. I don't know if you had a mom. But let me tell you something. There is a father in heaven who is pined for you. Who has hoped for you. Who has wished that you would come back to him the moment you were born. And he has done everything so that you can have this moment right now. 
Because He wants to put something on you. His Spirit that marks you as His again. So that you can travel through life and not have one thing, no weapon formed against you shall prosper because you are His. And you have an authority that you begin to walk in because you are His. You have an inheritance that is yours that you have every right to take because it is, you are His. And not just His, but you're His children. And by Him, And what Paul was doing here when he wrote this, he was making reference to this moment when Jesus cried out, Abba, Father, no one in the history of the world had ever made reference to God like that before Jesus. They had always made reference to God as like, oh, we must be careful. This is God and fear. He's the God of justice. He's the God of, they'd never seen this aspect of God, the God of love, who, who loves His children, who sent His Son. They'd never seen this before. And what Paul is saying, the same way that Jesus called out to His Father is the same way you can call out to the Father. Abba literally means Daddy. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. What's your mark? What marks you? What's the thing you keep going back to? When things aren't going right, what do you go back to? I'm just this. I'm not that. I'm this. I'm not that. You, you need to reset your default. And your mark needs to be the Holy Spirit. You need to go back to the fact that you are sealed in Him. Now, if we are children, and we are heirs, heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. And you know what His glory was? Life. Defeating death. Walking through trial, walking through tribulation on our behalf and defeating it all so that we could have life. What's your mark? Holy Spirit wants to come and fill you right now. He's here. If you don't believe that you are a son or daughter of God, I want the Holy Spirit. I just, I just pray in Jesus' name that you begin to realize it and you begin to accept that, that you are His child. Just accept this Holy Spirit. Accept Him into your world. Accept the gospel. Accept the fact that He has saved you. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at c3mumbai.
Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi. 